In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is first Sunday of the second Coptic month, month of Baba. The first Coptic month taught the Church spoke to us about love of God. In the second month, the Church speaks to us about the power of God, the power of God. And there are four things until now with all the advancement in medicine, in technology, in information, but the humanity has no power over these four things. Illness, death, nature, evil spirits. Medicine, science, technology, knowledge, etc. has no power over these four things. Illness. There are many, many diseases, especially related to the nervous system, cannot be treated, like paralysis, cancer, death. Science and medicine cannot raise somebody after he dies. Nature, like earthquakes, hurricanes, tornadoes, there is no power over these things. Science cannot stop these things from happening. Evil spirits, unless one received the gift from God to cast out demons, again, science and medicine has nothing to do over the evil spirits. So during this month, the church speaks to us about how the Lord Jesus Christ has power over these four things. In the first Sunday today over illness, next Sunday over nature, third Sunday over evil spirits, fourth Sunday over death. To tell us that Jesus indeed is the Son of God. He is God who became man for our salvation. And he has power over all these things. Why it's important to reflect on the power of God? Because when we know that our God is mighty, almighty, then we'll have peace. You know, any country when there is no leadership or the leader, the president or the king is weak, the country always, always feel threatened. People feel not secure. But when the president or the king is powerful, people feel secure. In the same way, when we know that our God is a mighty God, He is the Almighty, then we will feel secure. Some leaders, they use the power against their people to oppress them, to exercise oppression and injustice and unfairness over them. But the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Trinity God does not use the power against us, rather to protect us. And he wants to empower us. So never ever God used the power to oppress us. Rather, he defends the oppressed. He is the father of the orphans. 
He is the judge of the widows. So those who feel defenseless, they have no one to defend them. God is their defender and their protector. Also, sometimes people in power, they don't want any powerful person around them. Any powerful reader may feel threatened when powerful people around him. So he tried to push them away and to keep the followers, just people who are weak or submissive, say yes, and that's it. But God wants his children to be powerful too. He said to the disciples, don't depart from Jerusalem until you receive power from on high. St. Paul said God did not give us spirit of timidity, but he gave us a spirit of power. So God actually wants us to be powerful, to be strong, because we are his children. We are the children of the Almighty God. Today in the miracle, you know the miracle about the man who was paralytic. And they brought him to the Lord Jesus Christ. And his friends, they had great faith because when the door was closed because of the multitude crowded at the door, they climbed over the roof, made an opening and actually led down the paralytic man in front of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why they did so? Because of their faith. They believed. If they brought him to the Lord Jesus Christ, he will heal him. And he was paralytic. And as I said in the beginning, paralysis is one of the most difficult diseases to be cured. Totally. And to their surprise, the Lord actually, at the beginning, did not heal him. But he told him, son, your sins are forgiven you. So, I assume that his friend said, we came all this trip and we made all this effort to tell him, son, your sins are forgiven you. Other people like the Pharisees were offended and they said, who can forgive sins except God alone? This man speaks blasphemies. So the Lord asked them a question, which is easier? To say to this person, your sins are forgiven you, or to tell him, arise, take up your bed and walk. Maybe most of us, we say, my son, your sins are forgiven you. Just word. But to tell him, arise, take up your bed and walk, it is a miracle. It's not easy. But in reality, the opposite is true. It was much easier for the Lord Jesus Christ to perform a miracle because it will not cost him anything. Just a word from his blessed mouth that the paralytic man can arise, take up his bed and walk. But to tell him your sins are forgiven you, this word has a cost, has a price. He emptied himself. He took the form of man. 
he was humiliated. He, he stood as a criminal in front of six courts. He was judged by Jewish people and by the Gentiles. He was crucified. He was scourged. He was slapped on his face. He endured all of this that our sins may be forgiven. He carried our sins in his body. He is the Lamb of God who carried the sins of the whole world so that you and I will be forgiven. That's why the Lord gave him the most precious gift which is the forgiveness of sins. If this man was healed but without forgiveness, maybe he will enjoy his healthy life for 100 years, 100 years. Then he will die and then he will not be saved. But let us assume that he will not be healed, but his sins are forgiven. So yes, he may live 100 years in paralysis, but then will inherit the eternal life. So, the Lord Jesus Christ is teaching them, when you ask before the Almighty God, don't ask trivial things, but ask precious things. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. But the Pharisees said, how did we know? that his sins are forgiven because no one can forgive sins except God alone so the Lord told them but to make you believe that I have authority to forgive sins on the earth I will do the miracle so he performed the miracle in order to prove to the people his authority to forgive sins so he looked at the person and told him, Son, arise, take up your bed and walk. And actually in the midst of all this multitude, the paralytic man, he arose and carried his bed and started walking in front of everybody. That's why all the people were amazed, glorified God saying, we never saw anything like this. And thus the Lord proved to them his divinity. And also he has authority on earth to forgive sins. But let us come to this word that was spoken by the Pharisees. Who can forgive sins except God alone? And by the way, this verse is not said by the Lord Jesus Christ. This was the comment made by the Pharisees. Because some people are using this right now and to say no one can forgive sins except God alone. But let us see what the Lord himself said. And it's up to you to choose what to believe in what the Pharisees said or what the Lord Jesus Christ himself said. It's your choice. Are you going to choose to believe the Pharisees or to believe the Lord Jesus Christ. In John chapter 20, verse 21, after the resurrection, he appeared to the disciples. 
So Jesus said to them, Again, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. So the Pharisees said, Who can forgive sins except God alone? But the Lord Jesus Christ said, If the Son gives authority to people to forgive sins by the Holy Spirit, then they can forgive and retain sins. And I want you to notice there is difference between the Holy Spirit or a Holy Spirit. Unfortunately, in the Arabic and English translation, they don't make this distinction. But in the Coptic and in the original text in Greek, there is distinction between using a Holy Spirit or the Holy Spirit. When they use the Holy Spirit, it's about the hypostasis of the Holy Spirit. But when use a Holy Spirit, it is a gift given by the Holy Spirit. In Coptic, the difference between O Ibnivma is Owab, O Ibnivma, a Holy Spirit, or P Ibnivma is Owab, the Holy Spirit. So in in John 20, verse 22, means he gives them a gift of the Holy Spirit. Because some people say we receive the Holy Spirit in the in sacrament of chrismation, so we can forgive sins. No. Here the Lord gives them the sacrament of priesthood by breathing into their face and telling them receive a Holy Spirit, O Ibn Ma'if That is the gift of the Holy of the priesthood here. And he gives them the authority to forgive sins and to retain sins. And actually, if you study from the Old Testament you will find the forgiveness of sins is authority given to the priesthood, both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, there was one of the sacrifices called sin sacrifice or sin offering and trespass offering. And in these two offerings, the person comes and put his hand on the head of the animal confess his sins, then his sins are transferred from him to this animal. Just a symbolic, how our sins are transferred to the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God who carried the sins of the whole world. And then by slaughtering this animal, the sins are forgiven, symbolically, because as St. Paul said in Hebrews, the blood of animals cannot forgive our sins. It is only through the Lamb of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, our sins are forgiven.
When you read in, in Matthew chapter 3, people came to John the Baptist. And John is a priest. He is a priest, son of priest. And we read in John chapter 3, verse 6, and were baptized by him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. Confessing their sins. So the practice of confessing the sins to the priesthood done in the Old Testament with John the Baptist. In the New Testament, also we read in Acts chapter 19 and verse 18. And many who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds. Many who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds. So, yes, the authority of the priesthood is given, the authority of forgiving sins is given to the clergy, as we read in John chapter 20. Another reference, a very important reference in James chapter 5. He's speaking about if a person is sick. And sometimes illness and sickness is because of sin. Not all the time. Like the man who was born blind, and when they asked the Lord Jesus Christ whether this man or his parents uh, were sinners, he said, no, that God may be glorified. But in some situations, like with the, the paralytic man on the pool of Bethesda, it was because of his sins. That's why the Lord told him, sin no more, lest you suffer worse things. So, St. James, in chapter, James chapter 5, verse 14, he said, Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. And again, in Arabic and English, there is no differentiation between a man who is old or a priest. They use the same word elder for both, whether he is an elder man or he is a priest. But in order to differentiate the word elder, means what? Means a priest or means an older person? Again, in Greek and in Coptic, the differentiation is very clear. In Coptic, there is word cheloi. Cheloi means elder man, a man who is old. Presviteros means a priest. And if, if we go quickly just to explain this to you in first peter chapter 5 he said the elders who are among you i exhort i who am a fellow elder if you read it in coptic ni a presviteros et chensino titi ho erotein anok petenesvir em presviteros so the word elder here means priest presviteros in the same chapter, same chapter, if you go to verse 5, likewise, you younger people submit yourselves to your elders. So the elder here means people who are old in age 
or presbytero or a priest. You read it in, in Coptic. Pairiti nichel shiri machine goten en nichel loi. So the elder in verse 5 means those who are old in age. So the same chapter, the word elder is used twice. One time means a priest, one time means people who are old in age. So let's go back to James chapter 5. James chapter 5, he is saying, if anyone is sick, let him call for the priest of the church. Is any, verse 14, is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the priests of the church. And let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. That is the unction of the sick. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. And if you read the prayers of the unction of the sick, several times the priest plead with God for the forgiveness of sin. Then he is saying, when the person who is ill Ask the priest to pray for him. The priest will anoint him with, with oil and his sin will be forgiven. But the question, whether his sins will be forgiven automatically just because Abuna came and prayed on him and anointed him with oil or something else like repentance and confession is needed. So in verse 15 he said, and if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another. Then in verse 16, he is answering the question in verse 15. For the sins to be forgiven, you need to confess it. And pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So, St. James said, if you are sick, ask Abuna to come to pray over you anoint you with oil, you repent, confess your sins through the prayer of the absolutions and through your repentance, sins will be forgiven. This forgiveness is not given by the priest, but it is by the Holy Spirit and pronounce it on the mouth of the priest. In the absolutions that Abuna prays after the fraction in the Divine Liturgy, he says, let your people be forgiven by the Holy Spirit from my mouth. So we am. In St. Paul, actually, in the Church of Korah, practiced this. For those who cast doubt on the authority of the priesthood in forgiving sins and in retaining sins. When there was a man committed sexual immorality, in 1st Corinthians chapter 5, St. Paul actually excommunicated him. And we can read this excommunication in 1st Corinthians chapter 5, which means he retained his sins. He's excommunicated. Excommunicated, yeah, no communion. That's the meaning of excommunication. And no communication also with the church. Verse 4, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 4, In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together, along with my spirit, with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, deliver such a one 
to Satan. What does it mean to deliver Satan? The grace is removed from him because he cannot receive communion. So the grace is removed from him. And if the grace is removed of, uh, from him, then he will be a target to be attacked by Satan. But to be attacked by Satan to lose his eternal salvation, no. St. Paul made the boundaries for Satan, again through the authority, for the destruction of the flesh. So he may suffer illness, but not the destruction of the spirit. Why he allowed this to happen? That his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. When we suffer in the flesh, we repent and we cease from sin and we return back to God. So he made this excommunication. Then the people actually found that this person repented. And if God forgives the sin just directly without the priesthood, why they waited for St. Paul to absolve him? They actually sent it to St. Paul to uh, absolve him. And St. Paul actually, in the second letter to Corinthians, in, in chapter 2, he absolved him in verse 6. He said, this punishment, which was inflicted by the majority, is sufficient for such a man. Because all of them, they did not communicate with him. So that, on the contrary, you ought rather to forgive and comfort him, lest perhaps such a one be swallowed up with too much sorrow. Therefore, I urge you to, re to reaffirm your love for him. And he said in verse 10, Now whom you forgive anything, I also forgive. So, St. Paul, here he is confirming the forgiveness. They are waiting for this absolution for St. Paul, for this man to be forgiven and to be restored in the community of the church. For if indeed, verse 10, I have forgiven anything, I have forgiven that one for your sakes in the presence of Christ. So, the Pharisees said, no one can forgive sins except God alone. But the Lord Jesus Christ said something different. He gave the authority to the disciples in John chapter 20 to forgive and retain sins. And from the Old Testament till John the Baptist, the authority was given to the priesthood. In the New Testament, the example of people who went to the apostles in Acts chapter 19, the letter of St. James chapter 5, and also the case of the sinner of Corinth and how St. Paul retained his sin, then he forgave his sins. All these actually confirm that the forgiveness of sins is done by the Holy Spirit through the priesthood. And that is the channel that God actually assigned to the church. So now the people have two choices, either to follow the teaching of the Pharisees or to follow the teaching of the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit in the scripture. So we need actually to live life of repentance, to confess our sins so that our sins may be forgiven and we can partake of 
his holy body and his precious blood without actually being guilty and the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.